How's it going, all you beautiful, beautiful nerds out there? Welcome to episode two of the Critical Failure Podcast. I'm going to jump right into this episode, get ready, and learn how to homebrew. First step of creating your homebrewed world is creating where it is. Um, is it on an island, in the desert, in a rainforest? It's completely up to you. You're going to hear me say that a lot during this episode because that is the beautiful truth of homebrewing. Everything is completely up to you. If a monster is only in one type of environment, but it doesn't really fit your, your scenario, put it in there. It's your world. Do whatever you want. Um, and then after you de- decided where um, your your continent or landmass um, is going to be, come up with a semi-brief history of how it got established. Um, for example, um, in my, my campaign world, um, the continent was established because there was a civil war on a separate continent and a group was getting massacred. So they left, and then they discovered this, and they established it. There was a civil war with natives that ended in a treaty, and then there was a um, somewhat, but not really, uh, brief uh, struggle with a dragon for control over a mountain. Uh, so just come up with a history. It doesn't have to be like high school history textbook level detailed, but something, you know, why was this built here um, sort of thing. Um, I recommend starting off with your capital. And um, I'm going to lay out a few points here that apply to um, any city that you will homebrew. Uh, first thing is uh, racial diversity. You know, is it primarily dwarves, primarily elves, mostly human? Um, is a race like pretty much uh, like the black sheep of the city um in my in my world um dragonborn are the black sheep and they're all kind of you know um the few who do make it never make it um as well off as any other race uh, which then leads to uh what are the races attitudes to different races you know like what is the racism is there racism um, obviously, if you're going to have a race-dominating city, there might be some superiority complexes um, in place. Um, in my capital, that's on a mountain. It's primarily dwarf, so obviously the dwarves think that they are better than everybody else. Um, are there specific laws? Like, is there a curfew? Uh, or no weapons in certain areas? You don't really have to do this this is kind of just uh extra flavor um in a city um it's it's completely optional and it's not it's not really needed um next is is 
who's the nobility? You know, who who rules the city? Is there a mayor? Is there like a like a council? Um, are there like uh, noble families? You know, pe- people of nobility. Who are they? Um, obviously, if your PCs visit your town, they're most likely going to ask what shops are available. So, um, for my for my capital, I wrote down a few shops like a magic shop, apothecary, blacksmith, uh, woodworking, uh, a general store, and all you really need to do for a shop is who's running it and what they sell. Um, you don't really have to delve too deep into um, NPCs' backstories or personalities unless you want to. I know I have. My my favorite is a general store uh, run by halfling twins called, uh, and their names are Nick and Knack. So it's Nick Knack's general store. Um, you know, one always tries to sell stuff really expensive, and the other one tries to sell stuff really cheap and they're just constantly bickering until they settle on a reasonable price um again you don't have to go that far but it it adds excitement and it feels really good when your players um pretty much refuse to go to other shops because they want the interaction um with uh nick and knack or whatever NPC that you have um and then lastly um for city building what notable locations are in your city? Is there like a grand statue of the founder, um, one of like the f- or the one of the first uh, like main temples to a uh, greater deity? Um, is there just a really big park? You know what what is in your city? You know a city isn't just uh, a bunch of buildings. For it to really be a city, it usually has other other stuff going on. Um, is there like like a collection of guilds there, like a mages guild or or something like that? Um, is there like a uh, a university? Is there a bard college there? That would be interesting having, because you always hear about these bardic colleges, but rarely you hear of like your city actually having a bardic college in it. So that would be fun. Um, and then going back to the grand scheme of like your continent um are there famous landmarks is there like there's an active volcano to the east um or what what kind of wildlife is there is it you know no one's even heard of dragons dragons are everywhere um you know you want to try to make your camp your homebrewed world as as real as possible so you want to add in all this stuff, and it it might sound stressful, might sound kind of over the top for just a role playing game, but believe me, if if you ever get that one player, usually a bard or a wizard who tries to roll like an Arcana check or a history check, and you got nothing, then you're gonna look back to this podcast and like, wow, maybe I should have came up with a history of this place. So you got your world all, all set out. Now it's time to actually make your homebrewed campaign. Um, first is, what type of campaign? Is it an evil campaign? Are you running like a witch's coven or a collection of wizards um, pretty much uh, tr- trying to 
all become liches. That would be fun. Um, is it a non-combat? Like I said in episode one, I ran a campaign with my brother where we were a merchant caravan. Those are always fun. Um, is it themed? You know, vampire, werewolf, uh, non-magic. Um, and then whether you decide to have magic in it or not, what level of magic? You know, how, how common are magic items in your campaign? So you decided what kind of what kind of campaign. Now it's who are your players fighting? So the big bad evil guy or big bad evil guys. So first first is obvious. Who are they? Is it a lich? Um, in mine, it's it's uh, high ranking devils, aka the seven deadly sins that my players will be fighting. Um, where are they? Sometimes. Your big bad evil guy isn't even on the same plane of existence as your players. But, you know, he might, you know, um, somehow get, get his presence known to the players from across the planes. Um, then it's why. Why is he doing this? What What is his motivation? You don't, you know, what is his passions? What's his favorite color? I don't have to mess with it. Just like, wh why is he doing this? And, you know, it's usually power. Um, mine, it's they are taking a severe blow in the grand war between devils and demons. So devils decided to plan this mass invasion to gain more souls to feed their numbers. Um, and then you get to decide, is your big bad evil guy working alone? Now, I'm not saying separate big bad evil guys. I'm saying they're henchmen. What kind of minions are there? Obviously, mine it's it's lesser devils, but you know, um, if you if you're a big bad evil guy as a dragon, you know you're gonna have you might have dragonborn, cobalt, um, bunch of uh, waverns, drakes, other other draconic type races. Um, if you go choose like some storm giant, like in uh, giant slayer. Um, adventure module for Pathfinder, you know, you're going to have all the types of giants. Um, so you, you got to have, you got to have, you know, like your, your minions to your big bad evil guy. Because it's, it's usually not just your big bad, even a lich. Even with how stubborn a lich is, he's not just going to be him. He's going to, you know, mind, even if it's through magic, mind control, he's going to have other people helping. So then comes to the kind of boring and kind of interesting part of actual campaign planning is um, the progression. How do your characters meet? That's always the toughest one ever because a lot of new DMs want to, or really just DMs in general, want to avoid the whole you guys are in a tavern. It is so played out and it's... It, if you can avoid the whole tavern scene, if not, it's fine. Just blow over it real quick. Um, before I start, I obviously have my players give me backstories, and I might try to find a way to interweave their backstories together. Um, in mine, I am making it where it was just some crazy coincidence, or so they thought, that they were all accused of wiping out a. A noble family in the capital so then they were all thrown in prison um, 
that's how they're so it's kind of like a Skyrim thing you know you're you're in prison starts off in prison um how does your big bad evil guy get introduced you know does he do like sword art online level where he kind of just like reveals his plan right from the get-go and then it's up to the players to pretty much level up and get strong enough um to be able to beat him uh is it you know in, in mine it's um the world there's no extra planar activity up until recently so you know they start seeing elementals gnolls uh cultists worshiping uh demon lords warlocks typhlings that sort of thing just start popping up so their progression is slowly but surely um leading up to this devil invasion i'm not going to spoil how i'm getting there because it's, it's kind of a plot twist right at the beginning but you know, first thing is they're probably going to fight off some some gnolls um, from from the abyss. So it's h- how does your big bad evil guys plan kind of start? You know, meeting with the player's path, um, so to speak. Um, and like I said in episode one, you want to think of a, a campaign as as a TV series. So each session should be like an episode. So you know, you, you've planned out your session and, you know, you're at point A and you want your players to get to point B. Now, you will quickly realize that your players are amazing at derailing a DM's plan. So don't don't write out everything how you think it's going to happen. Write down a scenario and then as soon as that there, uh, you reach like a, like a fork in the road so to speak, in your notes, write down, okay, if they go left, this is what's happening. If they go right, this is what they're, this, this is what's going to happen. So you pretty much want to have each instance where a player's choice would matter. Uh, <clears throat> you, you pretty much want to have probably two to three um, turnouts for their actions. Um, and then if you ever kind of get stuck a little bit and you just need a little bit more time you know your uh, your players are meeting with you every week to play this game and you just need a little bit more time to think out how they're gonna how um, you want to play out this next session don't be afraid to do filler sessions um, and by filler sessions I don't just mean like you know they go attack like a bear like you know just white like level one stuff no 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 include their their uh, characters background you know Let's say someone's looking for their father and then, you know, or someone's um, family was uh, assassinated by these people wearing a mask. And, you know, they're walking through the woods and then they look and they see someone wearing that mask. Include their uh, their background, their, their backstory into your campaign. It is the best way to make your players feel invested in other players' characters. And again, going back to my, my thing about encouraging role play it, it just you know it, it shows your players that you actually care about their backstory um that's all i really have um i know it's really broad i didn't really get into too much detail because there's just so much about home brewing and it's all dependent on what you want as a dm so i'm gonna sign off here get out there and roll some dice.